15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This month on the Double Cocked Experience, we are celebrating black excellence. What it means to be black, the importance of being black, and celebrating everything in black culture. Whether it's just your local mailman, your UPS driver, judges or anything, it's very important to celebrate and highlight all the awesome things that black people bring to America and the world for that matter. Thank you and I hope everyone enjoys this. So, black excellence, what is it, to me at least? I think it's just, it's the way you make people feel. It's the influence that you have over them. You know, it's not about reaching a certain social status, financial status. There are loads of people that have have done both of those things and society is worse than before they got popular, before they had that sort of influence. It's about having an everlasting effect on people that's going to ripple through the generations in a positive way. It's going to change the way they think and how they interact with each other so the whole community is better now that you've kind of put your signature on it, you know? Now that you've influenced people in a major way. An example I'd say is Nipsey Hussle. I mean, would he have always been considered an example of black excellence? No. But he evolved. He went on, you know, he and then through his exploration, his journey, you know, he he showed that it doesn't really matter where you start, it's about how you finish. And his his words, his interviews motivated so many people he's inspired people to read inspired people to become more financially responsible inspired people to get up and go get theirs because nobody else is going to get it for you you know he, he shows that man there's just that anything is possible when you're ready ready to go out there and go grind for it and get yours and you're ready to go all in so I definitely call him an example of black excellence because of the influence that he's had on me and millions of others in this world. So, yeah. Welcome to the Double Cock Experience, the podcast, which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and this week on the podcast celebrating black excellence I have a special guest on the podcast who I wanted to have on for a long time. Let him know who you are, brother. Uh, this is Brian Hawkins. Um, I am a writer, creator, editor, 
educator. Um, I've been very fortunate to be the assistant editor for Mad Cave Studios and um, a writer for Black Box Comics. Here I am. <laughs> awesome to have you on, brother. Thank you for coming uh, on again. It's great. I definitely appreciate it, man. It's truly an honor. Thank you. Thank you. As always, we'd like to start the podcast off with a five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Brian, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's All right. Go. Question number one. Right. What is the best album you listened to this past year? Oh, best album, Dave East. Ah, okay. Dave, I love Dave East. Yes, I still haven't heard the new one yet. Everybody tells me it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's man. He's yeah. So I listen through. I listen to everything through through title. So I just stream everything, and um, yeah, I actually didn't get involved in to listening to Dave East except. Through title, like it popped up on the screen. I'm like, baby, boom! And the, the the album before got me hooked. And I'm like, who is this cat? And so I found out he was connected to Nas, and I'm like, okay. That's rough. That's how I found out about Davies because of Nas. I think he has he has a bunch of songs featured with Nas. Oh I yeah. Think I think he's part of. I don't know if he still is, but I think he's part of Mass Appeal Records. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Which is Nas's label? I think he is. Either he I is think. or he was. It makes sense. I mean, like they they do stay collabing. So, yeah. um, and and I know that Nas seems to really respect them, and he's he's earned my respect. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Give me your top five favorite comic characters. Top five favorite comic characters. All right. So my number one is Tony Chu from the Chu series, which is my favorite comic book series of all time. Okay. Um, um, Rick Grimes. Um, okay. Of course, Spider Man. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. Ooh. See, he's not he's not fully a comic book character, but he is. I'm gonna have to go with He Man. I'm a huge He Man. He Man works. He just okay. had a comic okay. series come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tim Seeley, right? And um, yeah. and I, and I've only read like one issue of that. Um, and I'm having my last one. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Batman. Okay, those are good five. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to explain to people who don't know Tony Chu. Yeah, I okay, so you, yeah, all right, people, so, I'm quite sure I kind of know who he is, but I don't know a lot of people don't know who he is. All right, so there's a comic book series by um Lane by John Layman and Rob Rob Gilroy. And um, it's about um, a detective who they live in this world where chicken has been prohibited. And there's a prohibition on chicken. And um, no, and the USDA basically runs everything. Um, and he and so they are going through the, throughout this whole series, um, really busting down on people who eat chicken. But the thing is, there's a mystery behind like why no one can eat chicken. And a lot of what ends up happening is a lot of the, the characters develop uh, superpowers based off of eating. Like some people, if they eat a certain food, can like read your mind or they get super strength. And so the whole series is based off of that. Um, and Tony Chu is the lead detective, and he's this one guy that has to uh, solve the mystery of all mysteries and basically have to um, bring down the conspiracy of why no one is allowed to eat chicken. <laughs> For me, it's like, 
you know, as a black man even now, it's like chicken. Oh, this is, you know. <laughs> so but, um, it's based yeah. off the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> John Lamer was like, how can I use this as a story? And it just, I guess it just exploded just like that. But I love it. That is my favorite series of all time, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Question number three. All right. What is the dumbest thing you've done as a kid? Oh, the dumbest thing I've done as a kid, believe it or not. And so I'm going to count my senior year in high school. That definitely. Joined, yeah, right. I joined a swim team not knowing how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> All your like, ass. Who was the girl? <laughs> how did this happen? Like, well, <laughs> you're young. And you see that girl that swims, right? you're like, oh. I guess I'm a swimmer now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my thought was one, I mean, I wanted to do something that was team oriented um, my last year. Um, and I was like, you know, how hard can it, how hard can it be swimming? And my pop and my thought was like, okay, you know, I know a bunch of the females that's on there. It's on a couple guys. It'd be kind of cool to hang out. So yeah, let me try this. That's good. Then, thinking. It didn't end well, bro. It didn't end well. <laughs> But 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 I can say I know how to swim now. That's I, good. I do, know, I do know how to swim. Yes. You know I um I think I was in my senior high school. I tried to play baseball mm-hmm. because my was on the baseball team, and I realized I am awful at baseball. <laughs> I am absolutely awful at baseball. I don't know why I tried. Uh-huh. I don't have any aptitude for baseball at all. It was almost like. <laughs> like I threw the ball in a cartoonish way. <laughs> like I threw the ball and it immediately go to the ground. And it's oh, crazy because yeah. I can throw football pretty good. Uh-huh. And I can shoot a basketball pretty good. Uh-huh. Baseball, I cannot throw for the life of me. Hey, some things, man. Some things. I feel you. I Definitely. totally feel you. Yeah, yeah. Course, you don't know unless you try, right? That is true. And I shouldn't have tried. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Question number four. Yeah. What's the best advice you've gotten as an adult? Mm, best advice I've gotten as an adult. That's a tough one and a good one, but I'm gonna have to say, um, and, and I, I'm going to paraphrase this, um, but don't take things too seriously. That's don't take things too seriously. Funny. Yeah. It, Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Question. What well, a final question. This gonna be a fun one. Okay. You gotta All pick right. five superheroes to take out Thanos with the gauntlet. Oh, Who Superman. Take? Superman. Um, Shazam. Okay. I'm choosing Batman because honestly, real talk. I don't think anyone can be Batman. I actually had an argument last year with students about Batman and I explained how he could be everyone. So Batman. Um there you go. Mm, mm, Superman, Shazam, Batman. Uh, I'ma say to be honest with you, I think Doctor Strange should be able to do it. Like just a spell, you know, but I mean, that goes into the whole MCU thing and, like, why not just open up a thing and just slice his hand off? But, anyway, um, I'm not sure how you would beat magic. So, that goes to my last person. I would say Dr. Fate. That's a good five. 
That's a really good five. I think Daniels would have his work cut off for him. I always wonder why you just don't like fill the gauntlet with something in it so he can't put his hand in it. Like once you <laughs> once you get like once you get the gauntlet off, just even a little bit, why not just fill it with like silly putty or something like that so he, <laughs> he can't put his hand in the gauntlet? Then that would kind of solve your problems. If you yeah, can't it, put his hand it, in the gauntlet, he can't snap his fingers. You're absolutely right. I always wondered if was like the like is the snapping even really necessary? Like, did it have to be a snap, or was it just like this idea of snapping and getting something done? And it became like this thing where you had to snap. I always wondered that. That is a good question because if he didn't have to snap, why did he take so damn long to try to like force the snap? Yeah, he could. Yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. Right. What I think happened was the writers originally thought about like how you know the snap of finger anything happened, and I think it was a, a very contrived convention of writing to where let's use this idea, and it became it, it honestly became this thing of like the snap. But yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those ideas. It's good in concept, and it was even good execution. Mm-hmm. But logically, it doesn't really make sense. Unless you're going to be like, well, that's just his arrogance at yeah. play. It doesn't really make exactly. sense because, like, once you have the gauntlet on your hand, you can just kind of just... Wield it any kind of way mentally, right? <laughs> yeah, wield it mentally because everything else he did, he kind of willed it mentally to happen. Yeah, so like... And, just, and why the snap... It, it, even the whole concept, because him snapping the fingers and the gauntlet being destroyed after it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it almost doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> but yeah. the movie is the movie is so good with like oh whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like yo man, he man, he snapped him away. <laughs> the snap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because Tony ended up snapping too. But like you would just think like all he had to do was just think it, right? Not unless it has to be emotion to go with it, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. You probably should have wrote that. <laughs> in the next life in the next life maybe <laughs> definitely definitely so let me ask you this first question I want to ask you yeah. before we get to all our good stuff yeah what does black excellence mean to you when you hear that term I mean m- m- the first word that comes to mind is 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 success but following success is about it's about posterity it's about legacy uh it's about empowerment it's about understanding who you are but then i had to say it's about understanding who you are um as a black man and as a black person um and um that that place that you're in in life to be honest with you there's a form of double consciousness um that exists in that um and i think the dynamic of it is that double consciousness takes on um, a role that the boys, I think, may be foretold, where um, not just seeing yourself through someone else's eyes, but seeing yourself through the other set of eyes that you have, the ego, and imagining yourself um, in a certain place, a certain mental space, to the point where you manifest it. That's why I got to me. I think that's a great answer. To say it at least, I think that's <laughs> detailed. So let 
people know what you do and how did you get started to what you're doing in terms of comics and things like that? Um, so it's it's been a very uh, I mean I guess you would say a long a long journey. Um, I started writing comics in 2012. I've been writing really since undergrad with 2000 2002 um and so um everything has been a process it's been a journey it's it's it you know from screenplays to playwriting um like i really started off writing plays i i, I started my own theater company i was kind of doing the tyler perry thing on, on a very small regional level um and oh, we got to talk about that then before you get to get into more detail <laughs> what was that like writing plays and is there anything that we know or we can look up on YouTube or anything we can look for? You know you what? YouTube and social media, like in 2000, 2005, 2006, was not really like, I really didn't even know a whole lot about it. So so the only thing that I have are the DVDs that's sitting over there in my library right there. Um, you definitely have to put those on YouTube. <laughs> One day, one day. Um, and, and so, but it was great. It was a great experience. We had some small success. Um, I was young. I was in my, you know, my, I was 24, 25. Um, I took a break from it. I got married, had kids. Um, you know, I got into my career of teaching. Um, I still wrote short stories. I, I turned one play into like a self-published novel and so it's been a process with me um i got got uh, some questions about that though definitely because anytime i think about black plays Mm -hmm. it's always the idea of you ever see the parody play with it like my mama's mama they stole my grits or something like that (laughs) weird names for the plays right (laughs) so what was was your your play give me a, a funny name that you have for a play if well, you had any huh no 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 <laughs> mine was kind of like very uh, i mean, i guess you would kind of call mine serious um the first play was called confessions of a black man's soul um, okay and the second so, play was called called full of souls um and the third play that i did was called a house divided so i didn't have any like uh get my chitlins ready dog or anything like that <laughs> Because you know, every time you see a black plate, yeah, it's all those names. You're like, why's it called that? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but but I I I find it interesting that you started with plays and you found success in it. It was some small success in it, yes. Um, and I think you know, if if I had continued with it, um, you know, maybe it would have grown into something larger, but. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in there's a process to everything and you have to be who you are and you have, and at that point in time, the universe is ready for something to be larger. It will be. And so, um, after writing the plays and breaking from them and writing prose, um, you know, when I was younger, I was really into comic books. You know, I found my way back into comics and I began thinking like, huh, you know what? Maybe she tried writing her comic, and so I, I kind of self taught my, self taught myself, um, how to write comics, and I, I found this, it was very interesting because it had all the dynamics of, of it had a little bit of prose in it, it had some screenplay in it, it had some play in it, 
and it became this thing like, oh man, it's like all in one here. Um, and so that just, you know, from 2012, that has, has, has led me here. Do you remember the first comic character you came up with? Yes, the first comic character I came up with. Well, my first, my first comic book that I created, um, the first character was actually from America's Kingdom, um, which is something that I'm still working on now, actually. Um, and it actually stemmed from a screenplay that I wrote. And when I began, uh, I wrote the screenplay like in 2003, maybe. And so when I began writing the play, I, was, I mean, the, the comic, I was like, huh, maybe I should create this character this way. So Prince Jeffrey um, was actually my first comic book character I created. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working on him and that comic book today. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It, 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 it hasn't. You know, be, because I'm, I'm with everything else I'm doing and self-publishing and um, like, like, so I have my hands in several pots, but um, with you know, it's 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 taking me some time to really get things where I want them to be, um, and so with America's Kingdom, I really feel like I'm at a place where okay, I I think I can really run with this, um, so it's exciting to see this, uh, um this adult version of me writing these characters and these stories that um, I've written down and whatever, you know, way back, God, 18 years ago now. So, yeah. Wow. So give everybody the of this comic. Okay. So America's kingdom is, uh, what if America was never a democracy a democratic republic, but a monarchy. So it's modern day America, but ruled under um, the reign and rule of a descendant of George Washington. Um, so um, who is Prince Jeffrey? And so instead of having secret service, you have knights. And so it's an alternate reality um, where the, w- the one thing that changed was instead of George Washington saying no to being king, he said yes. And from there, you know, history kind of plays out the same way. But we start the story um, in the 21st century, and you have Prince Jeffrey, who is the heir to the throne of the United Kingdom of America. And basically, the the story initially revolves around him trying to secure his sovereignty as a group of rebels. Um, Rebels for democracy have kind of rose up to try to take down the American monarchy. So this is today's America, I take it. This is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it, it, it's modern day. It's happening. It's supposed to be happening in the 21st century. It's just that, you know, there's not a, a president. There's a king. And uh, certain, like, there's smaller things that has, has happened because of the kingdom. Like, um, they're in the 10th year of gun prohibition. Um, in order to fix the the economics um they introduce in indentured servitude so you're looking at a modern america where there's a monarchy there's oh. no guns and there's uh an accepted form of indentured servitude that is fascinating thank you thank you that is super fascinating so it's kind of like almost like a modern day game of thrones like game of thrones was set in our world yeah yeah 
That's pretty yeah. cool. I, I appreciate. It. I appreciate. It. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. I, so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit more about this comic process and everything you've been doing with that. You got this book you're working on. You've been you at Mad Cave Studios, which is dope. Mad Cave Thank puts you. out good stuff. So, how did They're that even happen? So, Mad Cave happened um, going on two years now. Um, in March, um, I, I freelance a lot, and so I happened to be on on Upwork and doing some freelance work. I I write, I edit, and Mad and so um, Mad Cave had a post, and I had I, I had heard of Mad Cave like 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 small rumblings and um i sent in a proposal of they were looking for an editor and um what ended up happening was you know i had a great conversation with mark who is uh the the founder the ceo the head writer of of mad cave of mad cave and we hit it off um and it's been mad cave and me, and me ever since you know they they brought me on as um an, an editor with them um and you know they i've been fortunate for them to entrust me with um just you know just editing and being fortunate to just read their scripts and look at their art and um and you know i've grown a lot through them and um I, i've been a, a cog in the larger wheel of what they're what they are doing and accomplishing and it's just been um it's been truly amazing and i'm i'm honored and humbled by it to be honest with you that's that's awesome to say the least um for sure so so many questions about this because how awesome is it that in the field that's mostly not black mm-hmm. you are one of the few talented black color book writers that has to be cool um yeah i mean i do Thing is cool. Um, I'm 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 very much aware of like you know the the racial climate of of the comic book industry. Um, not to go left or right or what have you, but I mean just in the overall picture of things, I'm very much aware of myself as a person, and I'm definitely aware of myself as a black man. And um, and I don't take uh, either one for granted. I don't take it lightly. Um, and that's honestly how I move and think, you know. So it's it's. Um, I feel blessed. I feel fortunate. Um, I feel a sense of responsibility um, for just being a part of a growing culture um, of what hopefully is things to come. Yeah, and I think I like the fact that comics are a lot more diverse oh, than yeah. they are when we were growing up. Like you had oh, characters yeah. like Miles Morales, you had yeah. Captain America was Falcon at one point. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So much diversity in comic books now. Like Into the Spider Verse is arguably the best Spider Man movie that ever existed. And his main character is right. a yeah. black Latino kid. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's phenomenal. And I think the the lesson that that you know we all can take from that as 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 human beings is to to celebrate and exercise in what's different or what's not alike or what's diverse or what's not the same and 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 really celebrate it i mean it's it's okay you know it's 
that's how we're going to learn. And that's how I think we're going to build that. Um, hopefully one day that, that Star Trek utopia. Uh, well, yeah. the Star Trek utopia that Roddenberry had in mind when, you know, he created Star Trek. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, exploring worlds, exploring worlds. That's a good point because <laughs> Gene Roddenberry had kind of this ideal of that utopia. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when humanity got past the illusions of itself, where you know the color, the differences are, you know, they don't, they actually don't matter. They're all illusions. You know, it's these illusions of the ego, and um, and and then we're able to explore. Hey, let's get off this planet let's see how we can spread the actual truth of this um so I'm, I'm i'm hoping that you know we're we're a part of that larger equation yeah i think that would be dope in terms of well let me ask you this if you already brought it up do you think there is outer extraterrestrials in our universe i'm open to the possibility um i would not say no i i'm curious to think that maybe they already are us, just a different version of us in a different time, different dimension. Um, I think anything is possible. I can't imagine this entire galaxy, whatever it is, and and us to be the only things, the only the only conscious being. I can't imagine that. Um, so I'm open to the possibility. I would love to live to actually see it, if that is true, but. I, I think I'm good with, you know, if I don't live to see it, to believe that the possibility is definitely there. Why not? Yeah. I've always found it interesting because usually when people think of extraterrestrials, they think of little green men or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Why they just can't look like us? Why, why not? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that makes the most sense, to be honest with you, you know, that. Yeah that they are very much like us if if they're not already us. Um, and if we're not part of what they were anyway, and we've been put here on Earth, um, like transplanted here as some experiment or colonization. I mean, it's, and I think that's a magical storytelling, right? Because the possibilities are endless. It's endless. And I think it's cool. I think it's definitely cool, Will. Let me ask you about your creative process in terms of comic books and things like that. Like, we just had this whole conversation about extraterrestrials and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, right, right. you have to have some creativity to even think of, of not only about that concept, but to the, think of ways of how it can happen and right. the actual possibility of extraterrestrial life. So, what is your process when you're creating these comic books and things like that? Um it really begins as like this vast idea in my mind. Um, and like, I have like a, a, a composition book or a notepad and I start to jot down ideas. Um, but when it really becomes a story, uh, I, I, I kind of like do a very soft outline. Um, like I list names and then that kind of expands into, uh, a harder outline of, of of what the overall story is, um, and then it goes into like more detail of what would happen. In, in, uh, once I feel comfortable of each issue, and once I get the outline of the issue, then I jump into like actually like writing the script. 
So how long is that process usually for you? On average, not like it actually takes like 1.2 hours. Or not just on average, <laughs> what does it take? How long does it take you to come up with a concept and write it down and put it in pen? Well, the interesting thing is when I was younger, I felt like, like you know, a few a few years back, even though I felt like you know things happen very fast. Now, where I'm at right now, I would have to say I, I honestly take my time with it when it's well. Okay, so I have kind of a different process between the creative stuff that you know that's just for me or the stuff that I'm I'm freelancing on. But the stuff that I'm freelancing on, I know I have like a certain window of time. And so, you know, if I have two weeks or if I have three weeks, then I block out, like, I allow myself one to two days to kind of get the idea, jot stuff down, let it marinate, come back to it. Um, and then, you know, within a week or so, I'm writing a script. If I'm just doing it, my, like, a story that I've created, like, from scratch, and it's my own creator own stuff, then I really kind of just take my time with it um i might go a few weeks i might go a month you know i might have something down and i, I sleep on it I, i've learned to to just let it an, an idea just sit there which is for me uh from who i was you know and i have been impatient before i've learned to just eh, you know i'm gonna go for a walk in the neighborhood i might come back and i might jot something down i might just like sit there go play with the kids get something to eat come back to it I've, I've learned to really enjoy the process and the journey um and not just have it all out because once you actually write the script like you finish something it's 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 finished from a certain standpoint you have you know you now have a, the other creative side of it but like you you've created something and you ended it um and i don't necessarily want to get to the end as fast as i as i used to so, I, I I take the journey, and it might vary. That that's cool. Thanks. So let me ask you this: mm-hmm. for those who don't know, what is the between freelancing and creating your own stuff? What is the difference? Yeah, for those who don't know, because I, I don't okay. think everybody knows where freelancing exactly okay. is. Yeah. So with freelancing, um. You don't control the IP. You don't control the the seed of the idea. Um, sometimes it's a concept that's pitched to you. Sometimes it's just a, like a really, really young seed of an idea, and then you're building on that. And maybe you're creating the actual characters. Like someone gives you an idea, and you just, you know, you create the whole story around it. Um, so with freelancing, you know, there comes this limitation. There's some limitation somewhere, um, but with me, I, I, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of like the limitation because then I have a certain sandbox that I know I have to play in um, yeah. versus a creator own, which is, you know, it's, it's my IP. It's my idea. And, like, basically, you know, there's I'm, I'm, I'm going to dictate to myself how this story will be. Um so you kind of almost give yourself a license to do anything. But at the same time, you know, if you, if you want to create it, like, to where it, it can grow, you almost have to then put those limitations on it yourself. So, um, and, uh, of course, with freelancing, you know, you're, 
hired so you're you're paid as opposed to the creator own you know you have to push out crowdfund or maybe get published by someone and then you know you're under contract and so your 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 revenue or the profits will not immediately come in that's very important for people to know <laughs> right <laughs> like, you gotta get paid <laughs> so, so um Definitely. So let them know some of your freelance projects for those who don't know so they can check them out. Okay, so um, one that I would love to highlight, um, and you're you're actually the first um, person I'm really mentioning this to. So I'm a writer on Black Box Comics. Um, They have Cyclists out now. They have Militia. um, They have Project Icarus. um, You know, and there's some notable names attached to a lot of their projects. Um, and so um, a few months back, I got linked with them, and I have a, uh, a project, a comic series coming out with them called Devil's Dominion. Um, it most likely will be out in the next four, maybe five months. Um, it's a five-issue series, um, and, and, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm working with a phenomenal artist, Raphael Forte. Um, he's done work with with Aspen, um, and um, the publisher is, is you know he's a, he's hardworking, um, and he's really trying to build his his company and, and make strides in 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 what he's trying to accomplish with Black Box. You know, and the whole idea of uh, is you know stories thinking outside of the box. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, that's a freelance project um, that I've, I've worked on. The scripts are, are, are finished and we are in the art stage now. Um, and so I'm, it's, it's, it's amazing. One of the best feelings in life, believe it or not, is getting that art in your inbox. It, it, it really is a thing. It is like it, it, if you're a comic book writer and you get art in your inbox, it's like, oh, it's like Christmas when shows up uh so it's very cool to see um next to that uh my creator own um, i'm working with nathan kelly um and again you know this is my first time mentioning this um he's a phenomenal artist he's he's uh, a, a good friend of mine um and we're on we just got a, a book accepted on action lab um a, a few months back so we're in the uh the editing stage of that and trying to get that prepared to hopefully come out towards the end of 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 2020 maybe um and um those are my two major creative creator owned and freelancing things aside from the the self-publishing of america's kingdom that's awesome so what is it like Make writing these comics and stuff, and then seeing them come to life for people's pins and aches and things like that. How would that process work for you? What is that experience like? Say that last part again. Uh, what's the experience like of seeing your 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 basically your words come to life with people's art? Um, you know what? The way that you just describe it is like what I say to the artists that I get to work with. I always say to them, like, you're bringing this to life. Um, I, I honestly feel like, you know, the writing is like the blueprint. It's 
the seed it's what's laid out there but the life of it is really you know when the artist gets it and draws it and gives vision um to these things that were in your head i mean it's i'm 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 in love with storytelling. So to see art come alive is magical to me. I mean, to see the art of writing come to life and it becomes this tangible thing where people are seeing a character. Um, there's, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it really is magical. Um, and I really do feel like when I see the art, uh, like Christmas, like I remember the feeling as a kid you know, Christmas morning and seeing those gifts and opening it up and it being what you want, it's that same feeling. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's magical. That's definitely awesome. So, um, who were some of your heroes who you looked up to when you first got to come? Like, I want to be like that guy. I want to write stuff like this guy writes stuff because <laughs> this guy is awesome. It, 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 it's funny because so when I, got back into comics you know um you know from like because as a kid like you know i just looked at the characters and what the story was i didn't really pay attention to a lot of the name of the writers and stuff and and and, and the artists so when i so when i got back into comics and i began to like you know each book that i went back and got you know i looked at the name like one i'll be honest with you robert kirkman has been incredibly influential um in my adult life of, of of writing and what can be done um as an indie comic book creator and writer um and i really think that he's he, he's laid out a, 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 an unbelievable um blueprint and foundation for like how to carry out an ip um i think honestly if you don't have Robert Kirkman, you don't have Kickstarter, and you don't have crowdfunding for comic books. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I'm, arguably he might be the biggest indie comic book creator of all time. So I would I would definitely start with him. Yeah, I think you're right. He's kind of built himself a legacy just off of... It, just off of walking dead alone. Did you add Invincible... Yeah. Outcast and all these other things I'm like wow, but see, you know what's interesting, to me? and I think back because I think that, um, like with Milestone, like you know, there's that debate that exists. Like if they had stayed just Milestone and not attached to DC, what would they have been, right? Um, yeah. Like so, so you know, maybe McDuffie would have been would have been the Robert Kirkman. Before Robert Kirkman was Robert Kirkman, but we don't know because you know you, you know you you attach yourself to uh, this other company and then you kind of get you know wrapped into what they're about. Robert Kirkman, you know, I mean, I mean he's like he, like like he is image. You know, he is Scott. Uh, Skybox is image. Uh, like yeah. they have their own thing going, and it's it's phenomenal, and and I, it's opened up so many doors for what. What comics are today? I think. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I, I really miss the way McDuffie, man. I used to love right. like Static Shock mm-hmm. and um, Blood Syndicate and Icon. Yeah. Those books are 
horrible to me when I was a kid just reading those books and yeah. seeing yeah. us on the, in the cup book pages, real stories. It was just so cool. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And 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 I get a feeling of that when like if you looked at like like Bulk has a lot of comic books that it's very diverse and like even with Resident, right? Um and like, you know, you have these main characters who who look like us and you know they're intermingling, they're going through this very diverse world. And that's what life is. Is Life is this, you know, they used to call it a melting pot. Um, so I, I think we're at this very, very important part of comic book history, of uh, in visual arts, of, of how, you know, it's very important to, to have this visual representation of everybody. And that's what comics are really becoming. And I think because of comics, that's what film is becoming, which is interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, whether people want to admit it or not, film is taking a lot from comics as a late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In terms of, even if you look at how the Avengers series has basically become kind of like a comic book series, <laughs> just Absolutely. in movie format, yeah. and people are kind of trying to follow those trends and things like that and have their own connected universe, like the Fast and Furious movies are, are basically doing that now with Hobbs and Shaw and it, it like yeah. It's just it so is. cool to see how comic books are influencing people so much now in a time where several years ago people would think comic books were dying out. Yeah. 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 And now they're the launching pad for for lar- for larger films and for studios. It's quite interesting. Like what um the creator for um and I forget his name, but for Raisin Dion, right? Like yeah. that's a that's a that's a one issue indie comic book that that if you a lot of people don't know this if you go on Indie Planet today you can actually buy the first issue still. Yeah, that's it's crazy. crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and that's crazy. Cause I, I'm thinking about how in what a month and a half we're gonna see Bloodshot in the movie theaters yeah. played by Vin Diesel. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing and baffling at the same time that comics have come that far in terms yeah. of like Bloodshot, well he's known with the comic book guys, he's not a known commodity in right. mainstream at all not at all, not at all, no no, not at all, you have Jeff Lemire has his Black Hammer going to be out on Netflix you know, you have um, you have, I heard Saga, you have Paper Girls from Brian K. Vaughn, that's going to be on. I mean, it's it's so many. You have Invincible from Kirkman, that's going to be an animated show on Amazon. It's 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 insane. Yeah. So yeah. I got one final question for you. Okay. If you could pick any of your projects to be a movie or a series, what would you pick, and what would it be—a movie or a series? America's Kingdom, one hundred percent, and definitely a series. I, I definitely can see that and would love to see it actually as a TV show. Like, my pitch would be straight up Game of Thrones uh, meets uh, House of Cards. That's my pitch. All right. Now, who's getting it? That's the bigger question. Are we getting this on CW, HBO, 
Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu. It would have to be streaming. It would ha- uh, well streaming or a cable channel because it, it's definitely mature. So we're thinking Netflix, Amazon. We're thinking Hulu. We're thinking HBO, something like that. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. check book out or support you in this comic. How can they do that? I'm talking If anybody wanted to check out this book that you're working on or any of your comic books or support you, how can they do that? Okay, so um, America's Kingdom issue one and two uh, is on Comixology. Um, we're about to release issue three on Comixology probably in March. Um, issue one print one, we're doing a small print one right now of 100 copies only with the original um, cover art on Kickstarter right now. We're going to follow up next month with a small again 100 to 200 small print run of issue 2. That's pretty much how we're going to run the print runs for issues 1 through 5 which will cover um, the first arc of the story. We're going to release them through small print runs through through Kickstarter and then um, the um, the issue itself will also be on on Comixology through um, my self-publishing company, Gnosis Entertainment. All right. Let me make sure I find this Kickstarter now. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate so that. I can get my book. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And Before I they take all these about. books. <laughs> I already got it set up now. I already found it. I already right, got to sure. set up so I can get my book. Like, uh-uh. There's only 100 that. books I want mine. I like my <laughs> comics in print. Cool, cool. I respect that totally, totally. And, um, yeah, you know, we're going to close out um, the cover art on that. And, you know, um, we're just going to – the point of it is, is you know, just to have some in print um, and to put the story out there um, and, and, and see what happens. That's dope. That's definitely dope. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let them know where to find you at and all your stuff at. All right. So um, on Twitter, Brian L. Hawkins. Um, on IG, Brian Lewis, I am. And um, on, on Facebook, I, I, I mainly go with the, the Brian Hawkins page. Um, those are the three three big ones uh but you know i i, I i'm pretty active on, on on twitter more than anything else there you go you've been yeah. awesome brother thank you for coming on okay. man. hey thank you for having me i really have enjoyed this enjoyed this conversation for real yeah, great question great questions for sure definitely gotta have you back on here, brother hey anytime man and you know hit me up anytime too please i would definitely. love i'd love to talk with you Definitely, will do. My man. As always, Devil Cock Spears, we are out. Peace. Out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Devil Cock Experience. If you'd like more content, you can go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you will find bonus podcasts and a lot more content. Also, 
Shout out to Patreon producer Ben Goodwin, aka UK Ghostwriter. If you want to check him out, go on Twitter at Ghostwriter underscore UK. Thank you.